Hey Trojans, and welcome back to General Education. I'm your host, Kevin Gramling. The last issue of Summer Trojan, the Daily Trojan's weekly summer edition, was delivered to newsstands on Wednesday. Let's get right into this week's latest highlights. This episode contains references to sexual assault and violence. If you're in need of support, help is available. Check the description for more information. The Supreme Court shut down Joe Biden's federal student loan forgiveness plan. The court released the decision Friday, along with other rulings. SCOTUS put an end to affirmative action and allowed businesses the right to deny their services to LGBTQIA people. The series of rulings last week marks the end of the court's current term. Chief Justice John Roberts drafted the majority opinion. In his statement, he wrote that the Biden administration overstepped its authority with the plan to cancel up to $20,000 worth of federal student loans. In a statement to the Daily Trojan on Friday, USC wrote that the court's decision would not, quote, diminish USC's long-standing commitment to providing robust financial support to our students, end quote. The university's financial aid programs are in place, it wrote, to ensure a world-class education to students regardless of their ability to pay. USC students in the 2017 to 2018 academic year had an average of $22,000 in debt. This number is 66% less than the national average. Students from low-income backgrounds are the most affected by debt they may struggle to repay. A judge denied former LA Councilmember Mark Ridley Thomas's request for a new trial. The request was an attempt by his defense to overturn his conviction. Ridley Thomas stands accused guilty of seven felony corruption charges. He funneled money to the USC School of Social Work in exchange for benefits for his son, in a scheme that began around May 2017. The prosecution also alleged that the former council member intentionally supported measures that would benefit the Dvorak Peck School of Social Work. The defense alleges that the measures supported by the council member were consistent with his agenda. They also allege the prosecution lacked evidence to support all other charges. All undergraduate and graduate students will be granted free access to the Los Angeles Metro and bus lines. This access will be in the form of a U-Pass card, previously only available for purchase for graduate students. The benefit comes with a new $93 transportation fee in university dues. The transportation fee will only be charged to qualifying students, those taking an on-campus class. More information on this program and how to enroll is coming in early August. A year ago, two USC alumni started an urban planning podcast, and it's still going strong. Going beyond just academics, the podcast makes the field applicable to young people's daily lives, exploring issues like zoning and unwalkable cities. Podcast hosts and founders of Urban Planning is Not Boring, Samantha Elman and Natalie Ikrata, graduated in 2023 with master's degrees in, you guessed it, urban planning. The two friends took matters into their own hands after they had trouble finding accessible, understandable, and current resources about urban planning. The podcast often hosts guests for discussions about their careers and experiences in the field. Elman and Ikrata wanted to reach young people and anyone interested in breaking down the way urban planning affects their daily lives. Mu Theta's defense attorneys are urging dismissal of sexual assault claims in a lawsuit filed against them in late 2021. 
the USC fraternity was sued by a woman, identified as Jane Doe, who alleged that a member of the Mu Theta fraternity sexually assaulted her while she was intoxicated at one of its parties in January 2020. USC's Title IX investigator found that the Mu Theta member, Peter Huang, violated the university's sexual violence and sexual assault harassment policy and the university's student code of conduct. USC expelled Huang in July 2020. The suit states, The fraternity's defense maintains that Doe's claims should be dismissed, saying the damages in her suit are speculative and therefore difficult to attribute to the sexual assault. According to court papers drawn up by the defense attorneys, the emotional distress symptoms that Doe suffered weren't caused by sexual assault. They suggested that, quote, pre-existing psychological disorders or alternative concurrent causes, unquote, are responsible for what the plaintiff claimed were damages in the suit. The Supreme Court struck down affirmative action last Thursday. Now, universities across the country will have to rethink their race-conscious admissions programs. The same morning, Carol Folt called the decision, quote, very disappointing, unquote. She went on to say that the USC will not let the SCOTUS's decision impact its commitment to fostering a diverse student body. Digital managing editor Jonathan Park is here to talk about the article, the decision itself, and its ramifications. First of all, thank you so much, Jonathan, for coming in. Thank you for having me. So for starters, what was the turnaround for writing the story? Were you aware they were about to release this decision before it came out? So I knew since the beginning of the week. So it was pretty common knowledge, at least for people who've been following the news, that the Supreme Court would be ending its term this week. And so it would be releasing a bunch of important decisions by the end of it, just to get their term out of the way. And affirmative action was, at least for us as college students, one of the bigger ones um, that was out there. And of course, student loans followed that. So I was aware of that. And I'd been in touch with like the managing editors and with the news editor, Anjali Patel, about keeping track of that. And I think it was Thursday, like morning, 8 a.m., when I got like seven different breaking news alerts from like all the outlets that I follow that affirmative action had been overturned. And so I made the first like live updates page within the hour and then I had to go to work and I came back and I wrote the full article. What was like the amount of time that went like into the article? Like you started because you had to do that really fast. So I had the first few bits written already since that was part of the tweet and the Instagram post that we put out basically that morning, I think, or like early in the afternoon. So it was pretty much already written. After that, I just had to do a little bit more research into the actual lawsuit. And then, of course, uh, there was an interview that Sparsh Sharma, one of our writers, did with Julie Possel, the associate dean of the graduate school. We had to sit down with her. How we got connected to her is a little convoluted. I think Jenna Peterson, who's the editor-in-chief, she's at the, at the LAist right now, and Possel was one of the sources that they had used on their stories for affirmative action. And so Jenna was like, oh, we can connect you with um, Associate Dean Possel. And so that just happened within the day. And I was at work, so I couldn't do the interview, but Sparsh um, did it for me. And I took the recording of that and I just parsed it down into the article as quickly as I could. So that was like a few hours worth of work. Okay, so kind of getting into the content of the actual article, can you kind of explain what this means for college admissions for anyone who might not understand? The background of the case 
the there were there's this student group called the Students for Fair Admissions, the SFFA, and they sued Harvard and the University of North Carolina, basically alleging that the race conscious admissions processes that they used were discriminatory against Asian people and white people. And so that was an argument that went back and forth, at least for the past few years now. I do know for a fact that the students for fair admissions, they were backed by a few right-wing billionaires like Harlan Crow, who was affiliated with um, Clarence Thomas, who had that whole um, scandal about Harlan Crow funding like vacations and gifts and all that that weren't disclosed properly. But I digress. So it went all the way to the Supreme Court. What does this mean for college admissions kind of like moving forward? It's actually kind of interesting. So California had banned affirmative action since um, 1996. A bunch of states, actually nine states had banned affirmative action, mostly due to voter initiatives. Um, in California, it was Proposition 209. It's been at least two decades. So public schools like the UCs have already been employing like quote unquote race neutral admissions that basically try to employ diverse uh, student bodies um, without making it seem like they're explicitly choosing students based on their race. It's a very like touchy matter. And as Posselt said in the interview too, it's like such a sensitive area that universities are being like extra cautious way more than they even need to be and they just end up not able to reach the previous diversity goals that they had set when affirmative action was allowed and they were and they basically did race conscious admissions um explicitly essentially what's happening is like college admissions just can't they're not allowed to federally like legally consider race as a factor it was super confusing. Um, in the majority opinion that Chief Justice John Roberts wrote, he said that colleges can consider that the individual experiences that applicants have due to their race, but they can't consider race in and of itself, which I would argue is like, what's the difference? Like, that's kind of the point of affirmative action in the first place is to be like, oh, these people have conditions that are imposed upon them because of their race and how they were born. Um, and affirmative action tries to correct that. And so it's just kind of like, okay, then what's the point of doing all this just to ban affirmative action if you're going to say that? So that was definitely weird. So I know this decision actually kind of snuck up on me. And like, I think a lot of people like before last week, I wasn't aware that this was coming up. Are there any other like big court decisions lined up in the future similar to this? So all of the important decisions for this term came out this week. So today there was the one, today being Friday, uh, the day that this is being recorded, the Supreme Court's decision about uh, Biden's student loan forgiveness program being unconstitutional, as well as another decision involving a graphic designer in Colorado who refused service to some same-sex couple that apparently approached her as a client, but there's a bunch of nuance to that. People are alleging that the same-sex couple didn't even exist in the first place and she made it up just to have a reason to bring it to the courts. That's basically all the decisions that are left for this term. As for the rest of what the Supreme Court will hear, I think we'll just have to wait a little, but that's all that I know for now.
This episode was hosted by Kevin Gramling, written by Kevin Gramling, based on articles by Jonathan Park, Nathan Elias, The City News Service, Edita Singal, edited by Grace Ingram, produced by Grace Ingram and Christina Schkarbel. General Education is one of three shows on the Daily Trojan Podcast Network. You can find more episodes anywhere you listen to podcasts, as well as our website, dailytrojan.com. Visit the episode description for our links and more information. We hope you're enjoying your summer, Trojans, and we're going to see you in the fall.